everybody, welcome back to Lords of Order, a DC Dr. Fate fan podcast. Episode 29 is what you're listening to. I'm your host, Ed Moore. This is a spoiler podcast, although not so much today, as the book today is from August-September-ish, 1977. It is the DC Special Issue 29. Uh, but before we get into that, if you want to send me feedback, you can do so on the Facebook and Google Plus pages of Lords of Order. You leave comments on the website at bigtimenoise.com slash drfate, or send an email to the thedrfatefanpodcast at gmail.com, and doctor is the abbreviation DR, no period. Now back to DC Special Issue 29. This is written for us by Paul Levitz, drawn by Joe Staten and Bob Layton lettered by Bill Morse, and colored by Anthony Tolan. And on the cover, it is The Most Sensational Secret of World War II, The Untold Origin of the Justice Society. For those of you that are aware of Justice Society of America's first appearance in All-Star Comics Issue 3, they're together, and it's never been explained. The first two issues of All-Star comics uh, are individual solo stories of the characters, and then in issue three, they're banded together. Well, here we have what will be recognized for many years to come as the origin story. And on the cover, we have Hawkman, Batman, Green Lantern, Alan Scott, Batman, Spectre, Dr. Fate, Our Man, Flash, and the Atom, fighting a host of Valkyrie, a huge bomb emblazoned with Nazi swastikas, and a spear of destiny wielding Adolf Hitler. We open the page, though, with a single-page spread that has pictured Mr. Terrific, Dr. Midnight, Johnny Thunder, Superman, Thunderbolt, Batman, the original Red Tornado, Wonder Woman, the new Red Tornado, Spectre, Sandman, The Atom, Black Canary, Starman, Dr. Fate, Flash, Hot Girl, Power Girl, Our Man, The Star-Spangled Kid, Wild Cat, Green Lantern, and Robin. So those are some assortment of those will be who is involved in the untold story of the Justice Society, as it's tagged here. Our story opens with an agent from the British... Chief of Security Coordination, the Chief of British Security Coordination, an emissary of his, visiting FDR, who has just started his third go-about as President of the United States and has promised the U.S. that whatever is going on and brewing over in Europe will not spill over onto our shores. Well, the emissary is here to ask for the U.S.'s help with a recently discovered invasion of Britain by Hitler's forces. Britain does not feel that they can throw off the invasion by themselves. They have come to the U.S. looking for help. FDR says, my hands are tied. The American people do not want involved in this. I cannot go against them. I am their president, not their king. However, here is an idea, and he gives him a top-secret folder, and in the folder are pictures of Batman, The Flash, Green Lantern, Dr. Fate, Hawkman, and uh, Our Man. So, Chapter 1, that's the prologue. Chapter 1, we have Batman heeding the call of the Bat-Signal 
in Gotham, answering the call and being introduced to the Flash and the Green Lantern, who are waiting for him, all uh, meeting at the request of this British emissary, who had just been visiting FDR. He fills them in. Uh, what Basically, he tells them everything FDR, he, he told FDR, and Green Lantern, Batman, and Flash decide to help. So they are transported to England. They go to their first mission is in Glasgow, Scotland, where the uh, one of the castles there, one of the ancestral castles, has been taken over by a branch of Nazis preparing on English soil for the invasion of Hitler's forces. They attack the fortress and waylay the soldiers because the soldiers are mere men, except one is a scientist. And as his uh, last conscious um, activity before falling unconscious, he hits a button that unleashes the murder machine, which is a giant robot emblazoned with Nazi swastikas. First Batman, then The Flash, then Green Lantern all fall prey to this superior technological beast and are taken captive by the Nazis. Now this battle and the result of the battle is observed in Salem, Massachusetts by Dr. Fate. The whole point of this podcast and why this issue is here. He sees what is going on, recruits uh, willingly, unwillingly. He recruits our man, and they zoom off to help Green Lantern, Batman, and the Flash. Hitler has them and is going to make an example of them. He is going to unmask all three and then kill uh, them with the Spear of Destiny, which Hitler has, and he has had since Weird War Tales issue 50. So in the DC Universe, that is the story of how Hitler uh, became the owner of the Spear of Destiny. For those of you that aren't aware of their um, historical slash magical artifact history, the Spear of Destiny is purportedly the spear used by the Roman legionnaire to pierce the side of Christ during his crucifixion to see if he was indeed dead. So Hitler is wielding this mystical device, and I believe in the DC Universe that this mystical device is what held, after this point, what held uh, U.S.'s masked superheroes at bay from challenging and defeating Nazi Germany throughout the war. That's the explanation for why Superman didn't just go in there and clean things up, because he was active during the Second World War, Batman, you know, all of these heroes. So why didn't they just go over there? Well, it's because Hitler had the Spear of Destiny, and I believe that what happened is the Spear of Destiny took away any superpowers of any individual from the U.S. that went over there. So they became normal humans. They were powerless. But here's Hitler. He's going to unmask them and then kill them. He unmasks Batman first, but then when he does and he looks up, he sees that Batman is cowled again. And above the dais that these three heroes are on are standing Our Man and Dr. Fate who have arrived to save the day. So they launch into the attack, freeing up Batman, Flash, and Green Lantern. The five of them attack Hitler and his forces, but before they can succeed, 
Hitler, using the power of the Spear of Destiny, unleashes the wrath of the Valkyrie upon our heroes. Now, the Valkyrie are the warrior handmaidens of Odin from Norse mythology, or in perhaps more accurately Norse mythology, definitely DC mythology, the um, shield maidens of Wotan, W-O-T-A-N, although I thought in DC lore, Wotan was that first bad guy that Dr. Fate fought. So whatever the words, but we'll call him Odin. And the spear maidens like Valkyrie from the Marvel Universe um, and some others. So Hitler now has the Valkyrie and the Spear of Destiny on his side fighting our five masked heroes. As the shield maidens take the battling of the heroes in hand, Hitler is freed up to signal the go-ahead for the invasion of Britain. The f- uh, this is uh, a, a kind of a three-pronged attack. The Valkyrie in Berlin in Germany fighting the heroes. The uh, scientist helmet striker in the castle in Glasgow putting his plans into effect. And a massive invasion fleet sailing from Normandy. The heroes uh, are not faring too well against the shield maidens, the Valkyrie are proving to be superior. Plus, uh, in all honesty, there were nine shield maidens that were called down. There were only five heroes. So let's say that each shield maiden is the equivalent of one of these heroes. They're vastly outnumbered, right? So um, so in a last-ditch effort, Dr. Fate sends out four help-me tendrils to the U.S. to gather up further troops. He snags our man, um, Hawkman, and the Atom, and draws them via his magics across the ocean. And while they're there, they're able to visit, and they exchange telephone numbers, and they get caught up on why they're being taken against their will across the ocean, and they're okay with it and everything. Kind of fishy to me, but they arrive there to augment Dr. Fate and his forces. And the fourth tendril... We don't see what happened to it, but on the last panel of the Heroes Coming to Help page, we see a shadow flying across the face of the moon. It's not a distinct shadow, but it does put you in mind of someone. They don't say who the someone is. We are at the White Cliffs of Dover in England. This is where the Germans have landed. And they have landed a million men with a thousand planes backing them up and hundreds of ships in the channel. That's all textual here in the book. That's not my exaggeration. So those are the forces that the Brits are up against in Dover. But arriving just in time to supplement their forces are the heroes that Dr. Fate uh, requested help Dr. Midnight, Adam, and Hawkman. Right? Have I been saying that's not Dr. Midnight, that's Sandman. I'm sorry. It's Sandman, Adam, and Hawkman. So they light into the German soldiers and turn away the land invasion, but then they see that there are these hundred ships here in the um, 
channel, the English channel, and of course they have armaments and more men and everything needed to make war. Well, now we see the shadow that's been flying across the moon is none other than the specter. And I'm sorry, with the specter on your side, there is just absolutely no way in my mind you can lose. The specter has got to be the strongest single superhero that there is. Um, so he comes down to uh, to help. We cut back to Berlin, where Dr. Fate has had a chance to uh, kind of catch his breath with the help of Green Lantern taking over the bulk of the defense of the heroes against the Valkyrie. Well, now Dr. Fate is, has, has caught his breath, and he lashes out with his full magics against the Valkyrie and beats them back. We see several panels of a almost nonsensical Hitler throwing kind of a temper tantrum about losing, telling his scientists to unleash their ultimate weapon, which turns out to be a modified, and they have told us this several times in the story, a modified Dornier DO-217 bomber. So they have gone to a lot of trouble to research, and they give us this name specifically to throw out. Modified, it is flying to D.C. to drop that big assed bomb we saw on the cover, pardon my French, emblazoned with Nazi swastikas. Escorted by the nine Valkyrie, who disappeared from their fight with our five original heroes, and have now reappeared as the guard for this bomber as it flies from Germany, it's my understanding, to Washington, D.C. Cut back to the fight at the English Channel, where the Spectre has engaged the Nazi navies by enlarging himself to mega proportions and just battling and sinking the ships by hand. <laughs> That's all. So, um, that battle is, is finished. The Berlin battle has kind of petered out. So, we now see the union of Hawkman. Pardon me, flip the page. Hawkman, Dr. Fate, Spectre, the Atom, um, Sandman, Green Lantern, Batman, Our Man, and the Flash, all on the uh, Normandy shores. Now they are there and they see as this bomber is flying from Germany to Washington, it passes over England and they see it and they engage it. Uh, actually, they engage the fore and rear guard provided by the Valkyries. They battle completely across the Atlantic, back and forth, back and forth, nobody winning. Until they get in sight of DC, and then the Flash notices and tells everyone, and this kind of spurs them into a kind of a last-ditch effort. But to no avail, they are they are over DC. Whatever's going to happen is about to happen when Superman appears and trashes the bomber, uh, hurtling down towards the bomb that was dropped with the help of Dr. Fate uh, pushing him faster. He lands and catches this huge swastika-emblazoned incendiary device. The um, air defense peoples around Washington, D.C. now attack... The Valkyrie, uh, along with our heroes, basically everyone is is defeated or 
stopped somehow except for one of the Valkyrie and the Atom. This last remaining Valkyrie gains entrance to Deanna, uh, Delano Roosevelt's office, Franklin Delano Roosevelt's office, and is about to attack with the special Norse Valkyrie spear that can shoot out nimbuses of energy, because she does, but the atom jumps in the way and it hits him instead of FDR. Superman arrives in time, snatches her up, but because her mission is complete, she was to attack FDR, she disappears. Her pledge of assistance to the Nazis has been fulfilled, and the Valkyrie all go back home to escort Odin's uh, loyally deserving dead to the halls of Valhalla, which is really what the Valkyrie are supposed to do. So now we have all of the heroes here standing before FDR. He says, you know, you guys have done an excellent job. It's a shame for you to go your separate ways. You have done great things as a group. You should stay as a group. And Hawkman says, sounds good to me, team. We'll band together, form a special super battalion. Superman says, no, not a battalion. We're not part of any army. We fight only in the cause of justice, and that'll give us our name. And the final full-page spread says the Justice Society of America, and we have pictured... Hawkman, Adam, Sandman, Batman, Superman, Green Lantern, Flash, Hourman, Dr. Fate, and the Spectre. And the editor tells us, in the winter of 1940, Adolf Hitler abandoned plans to invade England. To this day, no one knows why. No one but the ten heroes who battled across two continents to ruin those plans and gave birth to a legend. And so thus is the never-before-told origin of a team uh, origin as a team of the Justice Society of America members. Now, throughout the rest of the course of their career, heroes will come and go. As a matter of fact, Superman and Batman immediately become um, uh, silent members. They don't really show up because they have their own books. And the whole point of the Justice Society was to use these lesser-known heroes to try to give them some face time. That was the publisher's goal. And so Batman and Superman seldom appear. Wonder Woman appears, but boy, they really diss her just by making her a secretary and then not even knowing what to do with her. Um, And some other heroes come and go. Green Lantern falls out. Flash will fall out. Hawkman will step up as chairman within the first... uh, by issue like eight or nine or ten somewhere in there and become he he stays chairman pretty much throughout so he is constant throughout some of the other heroes are pretty constant others join that we have no knowledge of here uh stripesy power girl uh the earth two robin red tornadoes those come in later iterations of the series and perhaps the resurgence of the book uh later on in the 80s when it comes back out under that same title so there you go guys i hope i haven't bored you too much throwing out all that justice society knowledge i've always been a fan of the justice society of america when i started reading comic books they were not that easy to find because they didn't have any active publications but soon after i first got into comic books the different characters really start appearing in the all-star squadron from dc 
All-Star Squadron being one of my all-time favorite comic books and time periods for superheroes of any that I have read up to this point. Really dug that book. Roy, and then later Roy and Dan Thomas, did an excellent job with that book. And it was really disappointing with the Crisis on Infinite Earths merging all the Earths and, and completely obliterating the history of the Justice Society and all of that stuff. And that was just a shame. Justice Society is cool. Dr. Fate is, of course, the coolest member of the Justice Society, followed very closely by the Spectre, may I add. Um, it would be cool if somebody out there would do a Spectre podcast. I've recently run across a Martian Manhunter and a Black Canary fan podcast. Both of those are cool. We need a Spectre show. All right, guys, next time is Earth 2, issue 24 from... What is that? August 2014? We'll talk to you guys then. Lords of Order is a Teal production, and as such is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, non-derivative, 3.0 unported license.